1: Sorry about the noise, my neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck, low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Grit is what enables an individual to persevere in accomplishing a goal, despite obstacles, barriers and ceilings placed in their way over and over again. On SEN. This is Grit with Daisy Fears.
2: My guest this week is Alicia Eva, an AFLW All Australian and GWS best and fairest as a player, but we caught up to talk about the impressive coaching CV she's putting together. Her role as backline coach at the Giants, her ambitions, the barriers that exist between her and the glass ceiling of a woman in a senior coaching role, and how she escapes given Footy is work. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: well, Sorry. Alicia, thanks for having me at your desk on a Monday morning, as most of us would be probably starting to log into our emails and work our way through the inbox on a Monday morning. What does your Monday morning entail? So usually we're in at probably quarter to seven,
3: so it's an early start. So time. I'm late, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm now a morning person. I never used to be, but I am now. So we played on Saturday, Nifu um, and the seniors, so what a Monday morning usually looks like is over the weekend, so on Sunday all coaches would be required to do their edits their game day edits, of which takes <laughs> takes me far too long but anyway, so on Monday morning we come in and we have to have our individual player ratings ready to go um, and also our individual player edits so I'll have, for our five listed players that played NIFL, um on the weekend, I have all of their edits kind of ready to go, I'll sort through them during the day today and then when they come in hopefully i can sit down with them and, and go through their edits um either positives or rfis either today or, or tomorrow so it's a, it's a busy start to the week
2: <laughs> so when you say your day starts at quarter to seven in the morning that's ready to go with everything coded up how many hours does it take you to get to that point <laughs> too long so i show you. so at
3: the moment what i do is i sit through the whole game and i come up with so we'll look at um one of our players for instance So i've coded 30 edits for one of them, and then I won't show him all of those 30. I'll go through them again and look at which are the most important ones um, that he's going to be able to learn from. Um, so, show him, I'll probably show him probably 10 edits today. Um, so, the whole preparation and coding probably takes me four to five hours, which isn't great for my weekend social life. <laughs> but then, I guess I'm, I'm very much learning and, and getting a lot quicker at it. At the start of the season, it was taking me beyond that so yeah it's quite a few hours but once you get into the swing of things it becomes a bit easier you know what you're looking for.
2: And so you'll sit down with how many of the boys this morning? Um, It really
3: depends who rolls through as part of their rotations so I'll try and get to at least two of them this morning Um, and those I don't get to this morning I'll get to tomorrow. And you'll review
2: how many of the boys games in total? Uh, Four this week four to four and a half one of them only played half a game so and generally speaking they're the boys that you will have coached in defensive or or backline yet yeah, on the weekend Yes.
3: Yeah, so all four of those were in my starting six starting back six so yeah we go into the game with with focus points and i'll either review those focus points or we'll just go through common themes that we've that we've looked at um across the week in their review so there's a bit of we didn't win on the weekend it was a tough tough day at the office um, with some players going down but I think the beauty about working in in the NEFL is that you're working with some of the guys that are really new in the system and you're working at how they can kind of refine and perfect their game so um, they really treat this as a real learning opportunity and, and it's really good for me to kind of I guess in my transition from development coaching into this kind of AFL space it's a good kind of process for me to go through too so still there's still that development coaching aspect but then yeah it becomes more and more tactical and I guess footy footy IQ kind of stuff yeah
2: just to set the scene I'm looking around I can see maybe one other woman (laughs) is that pretty standard for you in the workplace and how have you found that working I guess in a field that's been so male dominated um yeah it's been oh
3: it's kind of as I expected to be honest because I think it's no secret that there aren't many women in, in coaching jobs in the AFL at the moment. We've got Bree Harvey who's the new AFLW manager who sits behind us. Ash is over in the corner; she's the team manager for the AFL side. But yeah, I am the only. And then about 50 blocks. <laughs> yeah, about 50 blocks. But um, no, it's been fine. I think the coaching group that I work with have been phenomenal and. Um, Adam is the head coach of the NIFL and I work with Damien Truslove who, who looks after the midfield, so that's the NIFL team but we also, those boys and, and myself it's pretty much all the one coaching department and then the only time we're separate is um, on game day, really, captains running game day, so it's been awesome I sit in on match committees, I'm not in there at the moment but yeah, I've just been more or less a, a massive sponge. Um, I'm working with some of the best brains in footy. Um, Mark McVeigh is my senior backline coach I guess. He works with the AFL AFL boys so I work really close with him. And then you've got the likes of Lenny Hayes who looks after the midfield here. Um, Amon Buchanan is a stoppages coach. Um, Brad Miller is a forwards coach. And then you've got Leon Cameron on top of all that. So the calibre of footy brains that I'm working with and having daily conversations with and kind of work, cutting my craft amongst, um, it's been Amazing, mm-hmm. yeah. How did your role here at the Giants come about? Initially, I came up last year as part of... So the Giants approached me and they said, look, we, we want you to come up and play for us and that, that'd be the priority. But we'd also like you to consider taking up a coaching role with our academy system. Um, working with Jason Saddington so he heads up the academy program up here and I think for me in terms of where my coaching was at um, in Victoria is that I'd worked in the TAC, I'd headed up programs in the girls system as well, I'd worked at under 18 national carnivals as senior assistant coach and and whatnot. so for me whilst coaching isn't or wasn't the priority then I think to work in an AFL system is something that I couldn't say no to and, and it was with the academy but As you'd say, being up here is, I mean, Scroopy is sitting behind me, he he works with the academy, so everyone is in this AFL department, so for me to have that opportunity, and I guess Work in football was something that I couldn't say no to so I worked with the academy last year looked after the midfield there and then after the academy series was over I kind of crossed over into the NEFL space because there's a a lot of academy boys who who play top up for NEFL so that's how I kind of um, was introduced into that space and now I'm, yeah, I sat down with Leon at the end of last year and and he said, you know, he gave me some some great feedback and had a really great conversation with him and it was actually Leon who offered me the backline um, coach for the full role so that was pretty cool it was very cool
2: actually. Your coaching CV and your history of coaching would probably look very similar to many of the coaches in here but being a woman and being different have you had to work on your self-belief and convince yourself that you belong even though your CV probably does look <laughs> so similar given that the, the pathway that you've been on? Um, yeah I'd be lying if I say that I don't think about it or it
3: hasn't Uh, been a parent and I think even when I was younger and kind of working through the TAC system I was probably my my biggest critic or I was a lot of that anxiety about being the only woman was kind of brought on a lot by myself but I think I I learned to kind of manage it in that space and I've I've kept saying yes to coaching opportunities and I think that's part of the reason my coaching CV is pretty long and extensive at the moment. And I have actually often thought what would happen, I'd I'd love there to be a case study of, you know, if there were two coaching CVs next to each other and neither of them had names on it and one was a male and one was mine. I've always kind of been fascinated as to who would get the job, um, even if they were identical um, CVs. But, look, I think coming up here and part of the reason I will always remember the conversation I had with Leon at the start of last year was that he pretty much just said that the backline role in the NEFL was something that I had well and truly deserved um, and worked really hard for and there'd been people monitoring my my progress throughout the year and they were really impressed with the work that I'd been doing with the Academy Boys and I was the best person for the job and there was no other way about it. So um, I'm really proud of where I've got myself to. I do... You know, even now, I, I do kind of have to think about what challenges being a woman presents in this space. But that's something that I'll continue to kind of um, work on, and and I've got some mentors as well. Um, I speak to Alan McConnell regularly. <laughs> He's not
2: here at the moment, but. <laughs> I'm sure he'll buzz in and say hello to you. is he not here? He hasn't turned no, up this Monday morning at late start or he just not at his desk? No, he's at his desk. Getting <laughs> coffee
3: with someone, I not know. He'll be back. But he's one of my, been one of my mentors and I'm now mentored by John Westfold as part of that coaching scholarship um, that that I was awarded by the Coaches Association earlier this year. So I've spoken to him a lot around communication styles and he's my Oh, I shouldn't say anxieties, but my, I guess, worries in terms of how's a, you know, six foot four, 24 year old bloke going to take what I'm saying and take it on board. I think a lot of that is kind of just brought on by me, but as soon as I go back to actually backing in my foot um, IQ and my The way I read the
2: game just becomes a lot easier, and it hopefully doesn't impact me on game day. (laughs) It's an interesting thing, isn't it, that you spend so much time worrying about how you'll be accepted and received, and really, (laughs) the hardest person to convince is yourself. (laughs) I actually
3: had a great conversation with one of the senior senior boys a few weeks ago when we were travelling and was just sitting down having dinner with a few of them and. And one of them said, look, to be honest, we didn't, didn't really know how this was going to go at the start because none of us have ever been coached by a woman before. But the really great thing was like, he just said to me, you need to keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it really well and you're just one of the coaches. So, you know, I don't, I don't come in here and, and think, oh God, what are the boys going to think of me today? That's probably something that has popped up once or twice this season but to have that reinforcement and to know that I'm doing a good job and to know that I'm probably putting in too many hours trying to be a bit of a perfectionist but I think that's what any young coach does not male or female that's just what any young aspiring coach does just part of the apprenticeship.
2: Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. Up next we find out how Alicia Eva's psychology degree helps her coaching and the major differences between coaching men and women.
1: On SEN. This is Grit with Daisy Pearce.
2: Welcome back to This is Grit. You're more suited than you might think to join Victoria Police. Apply now. This week, I'm catching up with GWS Giants assistant coach, Alicia Eva, inside Giants HQ. Hey, I want to know, do any of these boys know that you've got a psychology degree? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the coaches might know. So I've done the
3: four years. I did my, yeah, arts majoring in psych and then grad dip in psych. So I've still got another two years of masters to go. I don't know where I'll find the time to do that, but I need to start it soon because it's, I've been far too long out of the study system. So I think that's my other day-to-day role at the moment I'm actually doing some well-being with the state under 18 girls so I coached them last year but with the needful stuff that I'm doing this year I couldn't couldn't do that role again so they got me back in a player wellbeing capacity so I kind of do that on the side
2: so- <laughs> in your spare jobs. time <laughs> yeah. yeah so I have two
3: jobs the coaching stuff that I'm doing at the moment is a part-time role so my other role is the player well-being so I guess I'm really fascinated and and really like that player well-being space and you know when I was at home in Victoria playing for Collingwood I was also working doing some drug and alcohol work drug and alcohol counselling so I really like I guess working with real life people and that's not to say footballers aren't real life people but I just like to keep the two separate so people always ask me oh, would you go into sports psychology I hope to finish my psych masters but I think I'd like to, if I do go into psych down the track, it'll be in a clinical capacity, more Mm -hmm. so than sports psych.
2: Do you find yourself just inadvertently using any psychoanalysis or anything (laughs) like that on your players?
3: I think I mostly uh, (laughs) do it for you. (laughs)
2: Um, No, I
3: think it's, for me, the really important part of coaching is the relationships with people that you work with and you see all walks of life come through the doors here and you see all different experiences come through and some people who particularly some of the younger boys you know some of them have moved away from home or some of them might prefer a bit of an easier in terms of learning you know the old school rah-rah coaching isn't something that I do because one I probably can't do it I don't really fit that mold but I think it's easier to have I guess challenging conversations with people that you develop a good relationship with so yeah building rapport is something that I hold pretty highly and particularly
2: with these young boys as they come through it, it aids in their learning process. Would you say that's one of your strengths, that relationship building? Um, What are your strengths and weaknesses as a coach?
3: I take a little bit out of how I prefer to be coached as a player too. I think for me as a player, I can take those hard conversations or can take criticism from coaches that are willing to put the time in and willing to engage and ask how you're going off the field. And I think not everyone's the same, but that's the kind of approach I take into my coaching. So I think that kind of communication, and rapport piece has certainly been a strength of mine thus far. I think one of my weaknesses at the moment is that I'm probably I'm a bit of a perfectionist and what that can lead to is just taking too long to do things or you know when you need to make a decision quickly and on the go and the head coach is asking for something to be done or for a change to be made um, I need to get better at not kind of weighing up the what ifs and just kind of make my decision with conviction and, and just write it out. So that's something I'm certainly learning and we had to think on the run last week when the back started going down pretty quickly. So, yeah, I think just being a little bit more assertive with my decision-making or just backing myself in.
2: I hadn't ever really thought about this, but you're striking a chord with me. I think what it is, is maybe a fear of not being right. (laughs) Whereas it's something that I probably have to work on as well, is that to be really good, you have to be prepared to be wrong sometimes.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I think with me, I think I'm okay and prepared to be wrong, but... I think one of the challenges I'm finding is that if I believe that I'm right, actually saying, well, I hear what you're saying, but this is how I'm seeing it. and. I think again that's part of being the newbie in this space as well there are new ideas that pop into my brain every week off the back of the conversations that i had in match committee and so i'm always kind of generating new ideas but just having the conviction to say this is what i'm thinking this is what i want to do and throwing ideas at snides too and that's what head coaches want they want ideas so i just need to actually kind of just back myself in and be prepared to be shut down if Mm -hmm. it's not the right idea and that's what a good assistant coach does they throw ideas up um and the head coach either likes it or they don't so just you get on with it so just having the to keep throwing ideas out and then if it's met with a yep awesome if it's met with a no then get on to the next one
2: when you say you're always thinking of new ideas well give us an example like I, i'm always fascinated by this when i'll give the example of geelong this year maybe rejigging their forward line mm. setup and tactics in the afl i wonder did that happen in a quiet moment with the forward coach just sitting there having a coffee or was it a conversation Um, and a bit of a brainstorm, where do your ideas come from? Give me an example of one that's popped into your head. I won't judge you um, (laughs) on whether it's good, bad or otherwise. I'm more interested in the process. (laughs) No, No, I think mostly on game day it's just
3: around... Um, if we're not getting something out of one mm. player who can we try in that position mm. or I think a lot of people would would think about positions on the on the footy field as you know back pocket and your full back and it's actually very different You need to think about who are your most attacking players or who do you need to lock down on a player and who can come back and chop Out you're not just thinking about positions and matchups you're thinking about uh, from a backline perspective Okay, well who can actually provide some drive out yeah, of there? Um, of roles. Yeah, so it might be you know, <laughs> there are some left field calls where we might need to throw one of our best performing forwards down back or we might need to or vice versa Um, and just being able to kind of juggle that and manage that and and balance it out so you're you're not robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of thing I've never used that that (laughs) saying before so there you go it was even in context (laughs) you know there are so many conversations that go on in match committee that's why they go on for hours because every little scenario is thought about that's certainly something that I didn't realise really went on that there's with everything that you see play out on the footy field there's usually a plan behind it, whether it's a long down the line kick or you know we always talk about different kind of kicks, but there's almost a plan for what unfolds next depending on what kick the player has, has selected. So at the moment I sit in and on match committee and I kind of keep a little document of different ideas and yeah I'm just constantly like I said I'm just like a sponge I'm taking everything in and then hopefully something pops up on game day and I can refer back Do to
2: that conversation in? we had. Yeah, oh, important okay. intermission the Monday morning donut round. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) That that doesn't often happen here.
3: I didn't take one. That's disappointing. The most fascinating thing is now actually watching other games during the week. In the comfort of your own home on your couch and you're watching other games, you sit there thinking, what would we have done here? Or, you know, I would do that. Or we need a player that's able to provide what that player's doing. So, yeah, you start watching the game in different ways. That's for sure. When did you catch the coaching bug? The coaching bug. I think I accidentally caught it. Um, I finished playing in my junior team at East Mulvin, and just was too old. And Dad was coaching at the time, and Dad was—he was a great coach, and he really got that team up and running. But he was a good motivator, not so much a coach. But um, yeah, that's so. I <laughs> The kids played for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I accidentally <laughs> fell into it there by just saying, "I'll take the reins now, Dad." But from there, I got involved with the under eighteen state pathway that I'd played in previously so Shiloh at AFL Vic um, got me on board there and then I just happened to work with a few coaches that were were also coaching at the Cannons, so the talent manager there kind of got wind of what I was doing with the state 18 girls and wanted me to come on with the boys, under 16s boys, so it was pretty cool that group. I think we ended up having nine of those under 16s boys drafted in the 2014 draft, so one of which I saw the other day, Peter Wright, I hadn't seen him in about five years, so yeah, he's
2: still massive and (laughs) I'm still short, so (laughs) nothing much has changed. Would you say there's a difference? Between coaching men and girls, like you have in the under 18s pathway?
3: Certainly, where I'm at at the moment, I think with the girls, it's very much development coaching, and there's a big difference. In the teams I was working with, at least initially, there was a big difference between player one on your list and player 22 in terms of skills and, and footy IQ. So, in the last few years, working with Vic Metro sides, that team that we worked with, that was you know you
2: had Maddie press and so the language and the level that you're coaching is starting to um, the gaps being yeah. bridged a bit yes yep. yeah very much and so. the differences you would say are more a product of age difference rather than gender difference yes. when with the way you approach the coaching yeah. yeah and also with the girls I'll use Maddie as an example
3: she was able to play kick all the way to under 18 and so she'd been around footy her whole life so the terminology and everything she'd kind of learnt from a young age so you don't have to really go back to basics with with some of those girls, you know, it was interesting moving up here two years ago when I was working with the academy boys out in Western Sydney. It was the same age group as the TAC Cannons boys, but a lot of those guys had come across from different sports and were still really new to AFL. So that was actually really different.
2: So again, that was the most raw you'd coach, yeah, yeah.
3: because you're working with essentially they're not boys like some of them are men, um, but you you can't yeah. use the same footy terminology or. You know, there was a lot of development coaching that, that goes on in that space and that's where I learnt a lot um, with Sato, he was fantastic in that space, So I learnt a lot around communication and um, but then yeah, then you step in here and it's very much, you know, we, we do craft every week. I'm working with Cal Brown, who's our young Irish boy in the back sweep at the moment, so there's some development coaching to do there um, and you never stop kind of honing in on craft and, and whatnot. but when we sit down and do reviews it'll be more footy IQ stuff. Rather than technique, or you know, kind of back to basic stuff. So, but that's that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm kind of going climbing the stairs from beginners.
2: Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. Coming up next, I'll catch up with Alicia's mentor at the Giants, former Essendon star Mark McVeigh, during one of their in-depth video review sessions.
1: On ACN. This is Grit with Daisy Pierce
2: Welcome back to This is Grit. You're more suited than you might think to join Victoria Police. Apply now. Alicia Evie is one of the stars of the AFLW, but is also one of the rising stars of the AFL coaching world. She took me inside a video review session with her mentor at the Giants, former Essendon star Mark McVeigh.
3: Oh, and this is the only other thing. This is probably less about... Um, Less about Connor and probably more about the awareness about about backs. Do you remember we spoke about a few weeks ago opportunities for Connor to energise? Yep. So I don't know if you can see him here. Yep. So we've created good back shape. Now Lockie Squire takes a ripping mark. Probably shouldn't have taken that mark. But I think there's a good opportunity here for Conn to get on his bike. He's got
4: he's
3: got a, he's got an energy on the inside pattern. Look at that, and then we hit up. Yep. Through there, and he does. He moves there, but he probably just needs to He's go a it. bit more urgency.
4: Just go. Does he say anything? Can you tell if he picks up? Yeah, urgency the movement creates. Yeah. it Draws his eyes. Yeah. And he can hit up through the middle of the ground.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. So he didn't have massive numbers ball in hand. He, the only reason why he
0: probably did was
4: kicking. Yeah. But. Um, so how are you going to approach it with him?
3: Um, if I don't get to him this afternoon, I'll get to him tomorrow. Yeah. But what I might do is either grab... Like, I'll go through these edits, and then the, the two bodywork ones, and then the one where he so does in, it really
4: well. Yeah, so Oregon is definitely worth sending... So Phil's a back shoulder defender? Yeah. Um, and definitely saying to Phil, can you talk to Cora and have a look at these edits with him around yep. what he needs to do when he comes up against a player that likes to own front space, yep. hits up at let the hard balls... Um, you know, what's your body position? What are you trying to do? I reckon it's a good one for him. Do you
3: want, should I grab Phil while I go through these no, edits? No, or I'll grab them him
4: away. after. I'll grab him after. Yep. Go through it with you and him just by yourself so mm-hmm. he can have a good obsession session with him and then say Phil would you mind doing this or we'll go Spike can you chase up Phil for this which is fine
3: yep, and then
4: right. I reckon it'll be better coming from Phil in that regard yeah
2: cool cool well Mark McVay thanks for your time um so you're the defensive coach in the AFL side Alicia defensive coach in your NEFL or reserve side how many conversations like this one would you guys have a week
4: yeah we'd probably talk off. Oh. How many at least we probably talk three or four, or five, six times a week. Like I think it's it's hard because um, meetings, we're always in meetings and um, um, she's she's constantly, you know, looking at her vision, which is great. But yeah, we, we talk, you know, we talk a lot. Um, we sit down and have a coffee together a fair bit during the week. So um, these conversations happen a lot, yeah.
2: How would you describe her as a coach?
4: Oh, incredibly passionate, um, very thorough, organized. Um, And her edits, her edits are are, are really good. I think it's um, you know, it's always uh, no, not too many. I think I think we all have too many edits always. And you know, the hardest thing about coding and getting your edits is breaking them down and getting the right ones for yourself. So, um, and for the players, no, she's incredibly passionate, uh, very smart, and um, has a really good rapport with the coaches and the players, which is half the battle. I reckon it's it's a a difficult one, but she's been able to do that in a small space of time. So, yeah. What have
2: you? observed in terms of how she was, has been received by the co- other coaches and players? I mean you said she's got good rapport but um, is that something she had to work hard, harder to establish than anyone else? Or
4: yeah, I, I wouldn't say harder, I think it was a confidence thing to be honest, like I think Alicia had to just um You know, uh, understand that when she walked out there and and made her observations clear, um, players started going, "Oh, you know, Alicia knows what she's talking about." It's like all of us, though. Like you have this when you first start. You know, I'm not sure if they're going to fully invest in what I'm saying. And I think that's by her doing what she's done and, and being really cool chick and down to earth as well is, is is pretty good so that helps as well so um you know she's down to earth which is great so automatically players you know you're drawn to that which is great and um yeah so I think she I've, I reckon she didn't have to work too hard for that it was pretty pretty oh, straight away I reckon it ran you.
2: thinking back to your playing days not that it was that long ago we don't have to mm. think too far back do we um <laughs> Would How would the idea of a female assistant coach coming into an environment like this have been received or maybe been different back then?
4: Oh, it would have been... Yeah, I reckon it would have been a shock. There's no doubt about that. And um, uh, there would have been... We've, I reckon there would have been, oh, have they played the game? You know, have they done it at the level? Clearly, Alicia plays the game and plays at a great level as well, so automatically there's this respect there, um, but definitely it would have been different, I can can honestly say that, um, but you know, I think it's it's, it's a wonderful thing, um, you know, I've, I was sort of talking to you earlier, I mean, I have two little girls, and since having those girls, you sort of have this, I've found this new, I don't know, uh, forced to be able to say, you know, girls can do anything, you know, and that's what I tell my little girls. So, um, it's actually been quite special to have Alicia here as well. So I've really enjoyed it.
2: Well, I won't ask you if a woman could ever become a senior coach of an AFL team then. I'll I'll ask you how far off do you reckon we are in terms of years till we see that?
4: Oh, yeah, wow. Um, (laughs) it's, it's a really tough question. I think, I think the more, I'll start by saying uh, the more exposure that we're giving, um, you know that we're giving opportunities to Alicia, who are clearly good enough to coach at, at let's just say Nephew level right now. The more opportunities you get, the 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 faster that reality will be will become. I think, and and whether that's five to eight years, I I don't know, but I do think there's so much room um, more for footy clubs, AFL clubs, to be able to give um, you know, women like Alicia an opportunity because. Um, we we need it. We need it. And I I learn off her already. So you know I'm I see the way she does things or the way she um, you know looks at a piece of play. I'm going oh, I didn't look at it like that. You know. So that's that's a really good thing. So um, for me we've got a we've got a. I wouldn't say fight, but we've got to we've got to be more open to giving women in our sport more opportunities to coach at the level because they're good enough. Clearly,
2: have you come across any of your colleagues that maybe aren't so open to it? Oh. And how do those conversations play out?
4: And you know what, here and I can honestly say here was was great. I, I think, unless you probably back me up here, I think um, you know, and actually you might think differently. I don't know, but. From my point of view, from my point of view, um, it was it was all very positive, and and she slotted she slotted in our coaching group seamlessly. I think um, you know you've got a great rapport with Adam Snyder, which is great, um, and, and Leon's unbelievable at, at this sort of stuff as well. So um, yeah, I haven't I haven't had a tough conversation yet. She might have one with me at some stage, but um, no no we, we yeah it's, it's it's been it's been really good. you are really enjoying it
2: perfect, great to hear, you don't have to make one up just for my sake. <laughs> if there isn't one, that's perfect. And, yeah.
3: But um, we with um, Freeman, it was almost engaged and he's always ticking back up at the kicker. So
4: he's a good
3: employer. Yep, yep. really good pointer. So I, show, I showed him that and I said early on, body him and see how yep. you go, yep. but if you need to adjust and rather than take back shoulder, adjust and kind of pushing the boundary, yep. so stand side on and working in boundary.
2: Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. Coming up, we'll find out from Alicia Eva what it will take for a woman to become the head coach of a men's AFL team, and does she think it could be her? But before that, I'm proud to be a partner of Victoria Police, where, just like in sport, there are women breaking down barriers and paving the way for future generations of women. One of those is Constable Georgia McLean, who plays VFLW for the Casey Demons. So you're juggling playing footy at a pretty high level in the VFLW alongside a, a big career at Victoria Police. Tell us what made you want to join the police force.
0: Yeah, I think I've always been interested in community work and sort of being an active part wherever I am. So it sort of sparked my interest at the start and then just having a dynamic role as well and not sitting at a desk. I'm not really the person that can sit by a computer and tap away. So there's a lot of variance in policing and when you rock up at work, you know, you never know what you're going to get. So that's kind of exciting and yeah it's just a bit of a mix up to what I'm used to coming from a desk job so um, it was a really good opportunity to go and try something new and just get something really exciting and have something that's going to change every day.
2: And how do you go juggling it? I can imagine it's pretty tricky fitting both in (laughs) but how do you find that? (laughs)
0: Yeah, it can be a bit tricky at times but the club and also my um, station in the city has been really supportive so I've just had to roster around it as best I can and whether that be working early in the morning and then going straight to training after or if I play a game sometimes I run off the field, have a shower and go straight to work so it is a bit of a balancing act so being able to get it done all season which is good, I haven't missed a game in respect to work so um, that's been pleasing but yeah, it can be a bit tough sometimes.
2: And is the ultimate aim for you as a footballer to try and get. Get into the AFLW or what's your ambitions?
0: Yeah, I think um, I want to kind of cement myself in VFL as a start and learn as much as I can. And look, if the opportunity does come knocking to um, go for AFLW, absolutely. But at this point, I just want to master the craft at BFL level and then hopefully that puts me on a good path towards AFLW if that opportunity does arise.
2: And if there's someone listening out there who's thought about joining the police force what would you have to say to them?
0: It's definitely something you can give a go and I'd encourage anyone to talk to whether it be someone they know in the force or going into their local station and just sort of sussing it out if they are interested and it's a bit of a long process. It can take upwards of 12 months to get through the whole system so if you're kind of interested it's good to start the ball rolling and then ask some questions along the way and you never know where it'll take you
2: well constable Georgia mclean and casey vflw player thanks for joining us on this is grit thanks so much days really appreciate it
1: on sen this is grit with daisy pierce
2: welcome back to this is grit you're more suited than you might think to join victoria police apply now This week, I caught up with Alicia Eva. She's putting together an impressive coaching CV. She's currently a backline coach at the GWS Giants. Alicia, is it your ambition to coach at the highest level or be a senior AFL coach? I've actually been asked that a lot in the last 12 months.
3: I, and my answers I need to actually evolve my answer because someone said to me recently, you know, if I just say I want to coach at the highest level that I can, um, you know, someone said, well, what is that? And you haven't really answered the question. And then when I do answer it, I usually say, oh, I'd love to be a senior, like a senior assistant. And someone said to me, um, why don't you put yourself as a, as a head coach? And I think the reason being at the moment is I just, I'm, I'm being realistic and the way I see the landscape at the moment is I, I don't know how quickly that's going to happen, um, a woman in the head coach role. Do I think it can happen? Absolutely. But I, I think Spike touched on it earlier that there needs to be more exposure, there needs to be more opportunity. And um, I think the good thing about me is that I don't think too much. I just kind of say yes to every opportunity. And if someone asked me ten years ago would I see myself working in an AFL footy club I would have said absolutely no way because women just don't do that so I think I'm kind of I think I'm kind of correcting my thinking around coaching and what women would be capable of doing and what I'm potentially capable of doing so I wouldn't be doing what I was what I'm doing if I was going to limit myself to just setting for a particular role I think as footballers, and you'd know, we're always striving to get better and we want to play at the highest level and I want to coach at the highest level. Whatever that may be is yet to be determined, but I'm a real process-driven person. I'm kind of always thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next and focus on that more so than the outcome. And I think if I just solely focus on the outcome of where I'm going to be in 10 years' time, yes, you need to keep that in the back of your head as a bit of a driving factor, but I don't want to get lost in the in the what-ifs. So I'm, I feel like I work better when I'm dealing with what I have right now um, and what box can I tick right now and that's why I find myself where I am now because I've gone through that process. And
2: where that takes you is yet to be determined. You're just trying to do a good job. Well, right now I've, I've set myself a
3: 10-year plan. I'd love to be a senior assistant somewhere and anything beyond that, look, I'm still only 28, so I can't look beyond 10 years. I may not be in footy <laughs> at all, but it's important to to set goals. I don't want to limit myself. I don't want to limit women. That's why I was reflecting on that because I don't think think it's a question of whether the AFL is ready. I think there's a fear of the unknown uh, I think we're in a, a really positive day and age where diversity is is gold, but I think there's still processes to be, to be ticked off. And I think it will happen. I don't know who, I don't know when, I don't know if it'll be me, I don't know if it'll be you. I don't know if it'll be one of the young girls that we're coaching at the moment, but um, I think it will happen. But it's something that me personally, I tend to kind of focus on what's coming next and the process and where I end up is kind of where I end up.
2: Has your, I guess, thirst and drive For wanting to do that increased or taken a reality hit now that you've been in the environment Um, Um, take out of it the barriers of being female and all of that but just your thirst for for coaching has this lit the flame or have you gone wow this is different to what I
3: expected no it certainly lit the flame and there's a lot of self-belief that's come out of what I'm doing at the moment and the reason I say that is because I think I'm producing work that is of the standard of what the boys need in this system. I think that's probably some of my perfectionist tendencies that I spoke about earlier, that I'm probably doing too much. But at the same time, I'm kind of quickly learning what's valuable, what's not, you know, what's immediate, what needs to be addressed here and now, what do the players need here and now. And I think when I'm ticking those boxes and I'm, I'm learning what the best way... Is to do things. That's certainly. I find myself thinking, you know, in five years' time, or, you know, I'm going to do this differently, or if I was in in this role, I would do this thing differently, or I would adopt this and I would adopt that. Um, so the fact that I'm having those thoughts tells me, I guess, subconsciously, that this is what I I want to do and it's what I want to be doing in the future, and, and I want to do it really well. So I think anyone in here is a little bit crazy. The hours that these coaches work is insane. I have a whole new appreciation for. AFL coaches and the time that they put in. Um their preparation's meticulous. The hours they they put in at the club and also at home is is insane and I don't have a family at the moment but um I know that the support that these guys must have from home is, is huge. So yeah, we'll see what the future brings, but being here now a part of this club it certainly fuels a fire.
2: when we say can a female become a senior coach in at AFL level, what are the barriers that you see?
3: I don't like to use the gender card and I don't like to think of myself as a female coach. Um, I always consider myself just a coach, but it would be remiss of me not to speak about the barriers in the sense that it is harder for a woman in this industry because of the 160 years of football, which says it's been a a male-dominant game. So that is a barrier that I think, at the moment, men are looked on as having more experience, they've got more knowledge of the game, they've been around it for longer. However, in saying that, for me personally, I don't like to reflect on that on the gender piece because I haven't experienced that in my journey yet and hopefully don't have to because I've been the kind of person that's just taken any opportunity that's come and that's come off the back of me saying yes to unpaid roles, saying yes to long hours out at Craigieburn, saying yes to coaching roles that plenty of men do as well. But I've built up a resume that has meant that any role that I'm getting now is on the basis of what I've done, if that makes sense. I also think, you know, some people will look at gender as as a barrier, but I also see it now in this day and age as opportunity, because organisations are seeing opportunity and diversity. And I think there is a bit of a fear of the unknown that's apparent in the AFL industry at the moment, but I'm now coaching in an AFL club in a development capacity and hopefully in the future I can work my way into a a senior assistant role. But I think a barrier for me is also my fear of other people's fear of the unknown. So what external commentary is there around women in this space? And I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought about that, I'd be lying if I said it hasn't affected me because it certainly has in the past as a player and as a coach, but I actually think the fact that I'm a woman is also a real strength to enable me to achieve in the future.
2: Um, We're starting to wind up, and you're probably sitting there worrying that I haven't even mentioned the fact that you're a star on field (laughs) one of my favorite players i Uh, might add uh. to watch you're an all australian in 2018 you won the best and fairest here at the giants in the women's team the gabrielle trainer medal how do you juggle the playing side of things with your coaching maybe if you'd been asked five years ago can you get too much footy i'm sure you would have said no but what about if you're asked (laughs) that question these days
3: (laughs) well actually five years ago i ended up going to europe because i had too much footy and i was coaching and i was captain at melbourne uni and i was playing and I wasn't playing very good footy and I think it was a product of burnout so that's something that I'm I'm really conscious of now I moved up to the Giants knowing that playing is my priority and the Giants have been amazing so during AFLW season I was in here one day a week and I technically didn't have to be but going back to the rapport piece I wanted to make sure that I knew the guys that they knew me and it wasn't you know come round one you know who's this chick um I wanted to be present so I think rolling back into AFLW after a month off um, will be interesting because I need to make sure that I am getting that balance right and not having too much footy and the other thing is I think something that I was conscious of this year was I don't get to just walk in as a player during AFLW season I walk in as a player but I also walk in as one of the coaches and again it's probably more brought on by myself but I, I find myself thinking oh you know another loss and you know, I've been doing all this work on tackling with Spike and the boys and, and I've missed four tackles on the weekend and I've become a bit more critical in that sense. But yeah, it's part of the process again, just learning how to balance things um, and I still want to make sure that I'm enjoying my footy
2: first yeah, can foremost. you just play? Like, yeah. Can you go out there on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon in AFLW yeah. and have that, that sanctuary of just playing the game that people that do play speak of or can you never <laughs> now switch that coach's brain off? I th- I think probably a few years ago I I thought that, you know, I had to be this kind of
3: coach out on the field and it stopped me playing a natural game. I feel like now I'm a bit older and wiser. I know that I play my best footy when I'm doing everything right off the field, um, as would most. Like, So when summer rolls around and AFLW rolls around, I'll taper back what I'm doing in a work capacity here and probably have a little bit more of a social life and just make sure that when I'm out there that I'm kind of playing for me. And not so much playing for me, sorry. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm playing for the Giants and alongside 21 of my best mates. But making sure that I understand that my role out there on the footy field is a leader and is to instruct, but I don't need to... Analyze every little thing that I'm doing. Yeah, someone else can do that for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's next today? I can hear the uh, music cranking up in the gym out there. What's next on the schedule? Well, it's a bit of a coaches' workout going on. So the coaches' group, the coaching
3: groups, decided to exercise together twice a week just to make sure that we're all sharp in the mind and well prepared. I think it sends a bit of a message as well to the playing group that we're asking you boys to work really hard, and, and we're doing the same. Yeah, I might go out and join them, but I also have a massage teed up for
2: me, so I might. <laughs> in on the end of that but i better let you get in there so that they can't accuse you of slacking off alicia thanks so much for your time awesome to come to work with you and see the amazing things you're doing i look forward to following your career and seeing the wonderful things you do from this point onwards good luck and i'm sure i'll see you out there see you on the field next season look forward to it
3: and um Very much looking forward to the return of Daisy Pearce. It should be pretty
2: bloody awesome. So we'll see, we'll see. 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 When I say I'll see you out there, I have no doubt you'll be out there. (laughs) I'll work on my side of the bargain. Uh, I'm I'm fairly confident you'll be out there with 30
3: touches again. So (laughs) we wish you all the best too. Thanks, Eva. All the best.
2: Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. You're more suited than you might think to join Victoria Police. Apply now. A huge thank you to Alicia Eva for her time and for letting us in on Monday Match Review. And also to the Giants for welcoming me into Giants HQ. Join me next week, 7pm, for This Is Grit. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy
1: to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. Wales authorisation number TP-01005.